Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. All right, have you got your Bible with you? You got your Bible? All right, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today for the Word of God. We thank you for the Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, that the Word of God is indeed the bread of life for us. We thank you for what you will do and teach through us today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, let's open, let's open our Bible once again to our foundational text. Our foundational text, which was Acts, the 12th chapter. And then we're going to look at a number of scriptures today. I'm going to do it quickly today because i got a, a three or four more messages to preach in a minute. So, whoo, my, my, my day is loaded today. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so six messages, uh, six uh, hours of preaching today. Lord of mercy. All right, so Acts, the 12th chapter. We were looking at this. This was the platform from which we launched yesterday. Acts chapter 12. Let me read it. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, uh, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, remember what I told you about the word, the church, the prayer was made without ceasing. And the word without ceasing is the Greek word ektenos, which means extended and protracted prayers were being made. Extended and protracted prayers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a short five minute wonder prayer. No, 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 no. This is not, um, let's have a word of prayer, but more like, let's have an hour and a night of prayer. Are you listening? They prayed extendedly, extended and protracted prayers. Now, we already established, let me go go back and just recap a little bit, and then we can just go to where we want to go. We've already distinguished and learned that from Acts chapter 12, In Acts chapter 6, verse 4, when they were told, when the disciples said to, the apostles said to the multitude of disciples, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. The Greek text says, we will give ourselves continually to the prayer, the prayer. And that the insertion of the word the, meaning a definite article, means that this was something that was known. Now, there is a wide range of prayers. But there is only one prayer that you can call the prayer, and that's praying in the Spirit. Now, I want to say something else right uh, right now. 
many times as believers, you know, we say there are, uh, uh, we, we have to say that uh, there are people who say, you got the prayer of uh, intercession, the prayer of petition. And of course, we've been, we've been taught that. Uh, prayer of supplication and prayer of binding and loosing, prayer of agreement, uh, prayer of consecration, prayer of faith. Well, let, let's stop right there. All prayers are prayers of faith. If your prayer, whether it is supplication, intercession, and petition, and uh, consecration is not done out of faith, then you're wasting your time. All prayers are prayers of faith. Now, I know I know we say that, you know, Mark 11, 23, 24 is the prayer of faith, and that's true too, but all prayers. Come on, everybody say it with me. All prayers are prayers of faith. Can you say amen? All right, so now we've discovered, therefore, that tongues, number one, this is what we were yesterday, tongues is the prayer of New Testament believers and the ultimate prayer. Say that with me, please. Number one, tongues is what? The prayer of the New Testament believers and the ultimate prayer. Remember what I told you yesterday. You are in good company. You are in good company when you pray in tongues. Peter prayed in tongues. Paul prayed in tongues. James prayed in tongues. They're all prayed in tongues. So the fact that the, you've got cessationists that tells you tongues is of the devil today. If tongues is of the devil today, it would have been of the devil right there in the first century in the apostolic age. So this nonsense excuse that the cessationist comes with, that tongues of the devil doesn't work because if it's of the devil today, it would have been of the devil back then in the first century. I explained to you yesterday that cessationism, cessationist or cessationism means that they believe that this has ceased to exist. They don't exist no more. Cessationism is nothing but intellectual and educational unbelief. I want you to write this down. Cessationism is intellectual and educational unbelief. It is unbelief cloaked with intellect or intellectualism and education. In fact, I like to say it this way. Cessationism is erudite unbelief. Cessationism is uh, erudite unbelief. Now, yesterday we also discovered, number number two, that tongues, praise God, has a threefold benefit. Praise the Lord. Amen. It will minister to you, ministers to God, and ministers to others, right? Number three, we discovered that tongues is the ultimate help. That is how you draw help from the Holy Spirit. Number four, we discovered that tongues is sowing into the Spirit, all right, number five, yesterday, this is where we left off, that tongues is the filling up of your vial with the incense and fragrance of prayers and intercession, which when they are full will come right back to the earth as fire. Now, if you missed yesterday, you're going to have to go back yesterday because I don't have time to you know, regurgitate the same thing to you. All right, and the, the scripture reference is Revelation chapter 5. And Revelation chapter 8, tongues is your is you filling up your vial of uh your vial, your bowl with sweet incense that goes up before God's nostrils, the very throne of God, the altar of God, as sweet fragrance 
Can you say amen? And then fire comes down from the altar and causes earthquakes. Now, where we left off yesterday was number six. Number six. That is how it affects the devil. And so we're going to pick up from number six today to a several several things that we're going to talk about. Okay? Give you several power of praying in tongues, benefits of praying in tongues. Number six, yesterday, we discovered, write this down, please. If tongues is the filling up of, the, of your vial or your bowl with the incense, sweet incense, that goes up to the nostrils of God as a perfume, we discovered yesterday that one of the, the Hebrew meaning for the word incense is the word ketoreth. How many of you remember that? It's the Hebrew word ketoreth. And what does ketoreth mean? Ketoreth is perfume, but we also found out that the word ketoreth also means fumigation. To fumigate. To smoke out, just like when they do in Africa and here in America and other places when there's rats. All right? And... uh and I know like years ago in Mauritius that uh, they will smoke out the mongoose, all right? They would, they would put smoke and fire. And the smoke, that, once it fumigates the place, the mongoose, the rats and everything will begin to scram out. Well, that's exactly what happens when you begin to pray in tongues. Yes, it's a sweet perfume to God, glory to God, but it fumigates these demonic spirits. So once you begin to pray in the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, every and any, uh, for lack of a better word, demonic rat lodging in your home, in your body, in your family, in your finances, you will begin to smoke them out. You begin to fumigate them. This is why you've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to pray in tongues. And I make no apology for being a tongue talker. Amen. I don't care what anybody says. I am a tongue talker. Amen. So I'm going to uh, switch the table on you. If you say tongues is of the devil, I'm going to tell you, you are of the devil, not tongues. Tongues is of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? All right. Now, so that was number six. Now, today, let's go to number seven. Number seven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Acts 12 again. And I want you to see something here. In Acts chapter 12, we're talking about the power of praying in tongues. All right. So this is benefit number seven, power number seven, the power of praying in tongues, benefit number seven. Now, verse five, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer or the prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, so they were praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now, everybody look at verse 7, please. Look at verse 7. Behold, what? The angel of the Lord. 
the angel of the Lord came upon him. What I want you to do is to circle the words in verse 5, prayer was made without ceasing, and then connect that with, connect that with the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. What I want you please to do is to write number seven. Tongues is the mobilizing of angels on assignment. Tongues is the mobilizing, or tongues will mobilize angels on assignment. Can you say amen? So, tongues is the maneuvering, the mobilizing of angelic activities. Say that with me, please. Tongues is the mobilizing, the maneuvering of what angelic activities. Now, you see that when the church began to pray, angel was released to deliver Paul, uh, Peter. Now, let me show you this about angels. What do you know about angels? What do we know? Hebrews in chapter 1. Hebrews in chapter 1, what are we told about angels? We are told in verse 14. Well, let's read verse 13 and verse 14. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies my foot, your footstool? None. Are they not all ministering spirits? All angels are what? Ministering spirits. Set forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now repeat after me. All angels are ministering spirits. What does that mean? That means they are servants that do the bidding of the master God. All right. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? For who? For you. Angels serve you. Can you say that with me? Angels have been assigned to serve me. Say it again, please. Angels have been assigned to serve me. So their assignment is me. And the way that they are moved to do their assignment, they are released by me. They've been sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now say with me, I am an heir of salvation. Say it again, please. I am an heir of salvation. In fact, let me show you something else here. Let's go to the book of Psalms, please. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Look what the Bible says here. Bless the Lord, verse 20, you his angels that excel in strength. Aha. So in Hebrews chapter 1, we're told that as an heir of salvation, angels serve you. They work for you. They minister for you and to you. And so they are servants. 
here we're told, bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength. Not only are they your servant to minister for you as an heir of salvation, but number two, angels are very strong beings. Angels are not little fat babies with a bow and arrow. Mm -mm. If your angel, if your guardian angel is a little fat baby with a bow and arrow, may God have mercy on your soul. But they, are, they, they excel in strength. In fact, the Bible talks to us about one angel that was so big, he had one foot in heaven and one foot on the earth. That's a big angel. All right. Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Hearkening to the voice of of his word. So these strong angels, ladies and gentlemen, they do, they hearken to the voicing of the word. Whether it is God voicing it or you voicing it, it makes no difference to them. All they care about is I give me the word, speak the word, and I will do what needs to be done. So now notice something here. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for you as an heir of salvation. Number two, they are very strong. They are also very swift. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells you that God's chariots is made out of angels. God rides on angels. So angels are not only ministering spirits. They're not just very strong and very swift, but they're very fast. Can you say amen? Very fast. Now, so tongues... Uh, a sign puts your angels on assignment. The reason why Peter was delivered. Let's go back to, again, Acts chapter 12. The church was praying in tongues. The church was praying in the Holy Ghost. They engaged the prayer, the definite article prayer. That begins to mobilize the angels. Now, the, now you see what happened here? He got delivered, right? So he goes to knock on the door. Now look in your Bible, please. As Peter, verse 13, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, you're crazy. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. His angel delivered him. You have got an angel. Have you mobilized, have you given your angel an assignment lately by you, by your prayers? Are you listening? Now go with me to Revelation chapter uh, 8, please. Revelation chapter 8. Look in your biblicals. Look in your biblions. Look in your B-I-B-L-E. Let's look at verse 3. Now. <clears throat> and another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it up with the prayers of all the saints 
upon the golden altar which was before the throne of God. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. So what does your angel do with your prayer? They take it up to God before the altar, before the throne of God. Can you say amen? So that's how you release your angels by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to write this down, please. Write this down also, something else about angels. Angels, number one, are ministering spirits. Number two, they've been sent to send, to minister for you as an heir of salvation. Number two, they're very strong. Amen. They're very strong. Number three, all right, they uh, hearken to the voice of the word, the instruction of the word. Number four, God rides upon angels. Number five, I want you please to write this down. Angels are agents of deliverance and also agents of vengeance. Angels are agents of deliverance as well as agents of vengeance. That same angel that delivered Peter from Herod was waiting and bidding the right time to deal with Herod. Are you listening? Back up again to Acts 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 12. Look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Jesus. Acts the 12th chapter. Today, we're going old school. We're going through the B-I-B-L-E. All right? The, I mean, the book form. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 12. Now, look at verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration upon them, unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, This is the voice of a God and not of a man. Look at verse 23. And immediately the angel of the Lord, that same angel of the Lord that delivered, amen, you'll see verse 7, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. He did good for Paul, uh, for Peter, but it went against Herod. All right? It said, immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not glory to God. All right, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. So, say with me, when I pray in tongues, when I'm praying in tongues, I'm releasing angels on assignment. Can you say amen? I'm releasing what? Angels on assignment. They've been sent forth to minister for me as an heir of salvation. And because they're strong and they're, they're swift, they hearken to the word. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm releasing words. How do I know that uh, when I'm bringing tongues, I'm releasing angels? Well, I'm glad you asked. Glad you asked. Let's go to 1 Corinthians and chapter 13. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, when was the last time you learned the tongue of angel? No, I never went to school. Now, when I went to school, they taught me English. They taught me French, right? These are tongues of men, all right? And if you happen to speak Italian, if you happen to speak uh, any other language that you, you, that you were taught in school, but there's no class in any university 
that teaches you tongues of angels. So when did Paul say, though I speak with the tongues of men and tongues of angels? When did he speak tongues of angels? When he was praying in the Holy Ghost. When he was praying in tongues. Can you say amen? So lift up your hands with me and say with me, when I'm praying in tongues, I'm giving assignment to angels. I'm releasing angels on assignment and angels understand my tongues. Demons do not. Men do not. But God does. And the angels that has been commissioned to you, they understand your tongues. This is why you've got to spend a lot of time praying in tongues. That was number seven. All right, number eight today, please. Write this down, please. Number eight. Thank you, Jesus. Write this down. <clears throat> Tongues will be the enlarging of your spirit and your spiritual capacity. That's number eight. Tongues will be the what? The enlarging of your spirit man, the stretching, the enlarging of your spirit man and your capacity. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, ladies and gentlemen. Let's read chapter 10. Peter is preaching. Now, look in your Bible, please. Verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, we're going to read verse 44 till verse 46. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believe were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speaking with tongues, and what? Magnifying God. Magnifying God. Everybody say, magnifying God. Now, some of the newer translation will use the word glorifying. But it's not doing justice to what the uh, Luke was trying to convey to your mind here. He says, when they heard them speak in tongues, they were magnifying God. Everybody say magnifying God. The purpose of a magnifying glass, remember the old magnifying glass? My, my, <laughs> my little grandbaby right now, she's up there today. Last night she was walking around, putting a little, sticking a little magnifying glass on, uh, on her nose, perking up her little nose and her, her eyes. And you could see through her nose, it amplified her nose, and then the big blue eyes was amplified. Are you listening? So it made the purpose of a magnifying glass is to make something which is small, all right, to become big and enlarge it. Do you see what I'm saying? And I remember, I remember my granddad. He was reading something in the newspaper, and he couldn't read it with his glasses. And then he goes to me. You know, we call him Papa Do. All right. He goes, uh, uh, Glenn, bring me uh, the magnifying glass. What does he want magnifying glass for? Because to me, when I was a kid, 
Do you know what I use magnifying glass for? Do you know what I use magnifying glass for? Two things. Not to enlarge things. I couldn't care less about that. All right. Me, I did it for two, with two things. Number one, to put it uh, under the sun and let it go beam through, let the sun go through the magnifying glass and burn a piece of paper or burn leaves. But the second one, which I like to do, is to find a magnifying glass underneath the hot noonday sun, go look for an ant, <laughs> and fry, fry the ant. Fry the ant under a magnifying glass. So, so magnifying glass was used for me as a laser beam to bring destruction. Are you listening? To bring fire down. But magnify means to enlarge. To enlarge. So the more you pray in tongues, come on, put your hand on your belly and say with me, the more that I pray in tongues, the more I enlarge my the capacity of my spirit. The more I make room for God's uh, size to increase on the inside of me. See, God doesn't need increasing. Your spirit needs increasing. That's why the Bible tells you in Ephesians. Let's go there for a minute, please. Ephesians chapter 3. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, please. Thank you, Jesus. Verse, verse uh, 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. So God's not a problem because he can do exceeding above all that you ask or think. But what's the problem? But it is according to the power that worketh in us. According to the capacity in us. Let me show you another scripture. You, you, you remember the parable of the talents? Do you remember the parable of the talents? All right, let me show you that verse in your Bible. And there is something here that I want to bring to your attention. And so this is why you must increase your ability. All right. Increase and increase your capacity. You will find this in Matthew 25. Matthew, Matthew 25. Look in your Bible. So this is why you've got to pray in the spirit. Matthew 25. Please. Let's read. Ladies and gentlemen, let's read verse. Uh, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents. Why? To another two. And to another one. Well, the one with the one will look at the, with the guy with the five and say, that is, that's not fair. Ah, but it was fair. Because look what it says here. To one, he gave five talents. To one, he gave two. To one, he gave one. To every man according to his several ability. According to your capacity. The reason why one man got one talent and the other guy got two and the other guy got five was based upon his capacity. If you want more from God, you have to enlarge your capacity. 
And so one of the things that enlarges your capacity is praying in tongues. It enlarges the capacity of your spirit man. It stretches your spirit man. Now, again, now let me just use this Matthew 25. This is why RKM is so important. Because if I don't stretch your capacity and your ability in business, then no, no matter how much you pray, makes no difference. Makes no difference because you did not enlarge your capacity and your ability. God can only give you and trust you with what you are able to handle. What you are able to handle. Are you listening? So what, this is why I spent a lot of time praying in tongues. I went to walk my dog yesterday, walked for four miles, and just prayed in tongues until Bill McGill called me. Then he disturbed my praying in tongues. All right? Thank you, Jesus. But uh, when I go out to walk, to, and I, I pray in tongues. I'm in my bed. I pray in tongues. I'm on the plane. I pray in tongues. I pray because I want to keep my I increase the capacity, enlarge your spirit, man. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the question you got to ask yourself today is, what do you have coming out of you? A trickle? Do you have a trickle? Do you have a stream? Or do you have a flood? Do you have a trickle? Do you have a stream? Do you have a river? Or do you have a flood coming out of you? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So tongues, ladies and gentlemen, is the stretching, the enlarging of your spiritual capacity. In fact, the more you pray in tongues, the more you increase your voltage. Write this down, please. The more you pray in tongues, the more you increase your spiritual voltage. Because he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. Right? He edifieth himself. He charges up himself like he would charge a battery. So the more you pray in tongues, the more you're increasing your spiritual voltage. Can you say that with me, please? Say that with me, please. The more I pray in tongues, the more I increase my spiritual voltage. Now, what happens to your house? Huh? I'm, I'm, we're going to fill in the blanks. When there is a power surge, what happens to your house? Hmm? Can, can, can you tell me what happens if one of your... Um, um, fridge or your... Let's say your dryer or your air conditioning unit has a power surge. What happens? Tell me what happens to your house. Tell me what happens into your house. There is a specific thing that I'm looking at. All right? If there's too many light bulbs in a building, what happens? When you put the lights on, what happens? Something will trip. Can you tell me? What trips? Can you tell me what trips? All right, I'm going to wait for you guys. I'm going to do all your work for you. Aha! Aha, aha, aha. You blow the breaker, right? 
So now, what must you do if you want to be able to put on all these lights? What must happen to the breaker? Come on, Barry, you tell me. You tell me uh, what happens, or somebody else can tell me. Right? What happens? What must you do if you've got, like right now, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 7. There are 17 lights. Yeah, but if you flip it back, it will blow again. It will blow again because it cannot carry that amount of power. So what must you do? Here right now, there are 17 lights that's on right now. In this room, in this studio right now, there are 17. It's not the house that's a problem. It's not the house that's a problem. You have to replace the fuse, and what else do you do? You have to increase the capacity in order for it not to blow the breaker. All right? You have to increase it to be able to take that much voltage. Are you listening? Well, your correct. Your spirit man operates on the same principle. The reason why many of you can't receive a lot of stuff from God is because anytime it comes, you don't have the voltage, you don't have the breaker. It keeps flipping out. Are you listening? Because you don't have sufficient power to draw it, to bring it in, to bring it in. Are you listening? The more you pray in tongues, the more you increase your voltage. Can you sit up with me, please? The more that I pray in tongues, the more I'm increasing my spiritual voltage. Okay, now, that was number... Nine. All right. Number 10. Write this down, please. Number 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you say thank you, Lord Jesus? All right. Now, number 10. Let's read this now. Go back to Acts chapter 12. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed. He killed. He killed James. So, what was this attack? What was this assignment? It was a death assignment. It was a death assignment. And now there's a death assignment on Peter. How did they remove that death assignment? How did they remove... Okay. <clears throat> number nine. Okay, number nine then. Thank you, Jesus. All right, thank you, Miss Tracy. Amen. We we trust Miss Tracy to keep up to keep us straight. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So number nine, ladies and gentlemen, tongues is the reversal of a death assignment pronounced or made or in motion against your life. Write this down, please. Tongues is the reversal is the neutralizing 
of a death sentence, death assignment over your life. The death sentence that has been decreed by Herod. And you know that Herod wouldn't change his mind. You remember, now you know there are many Herods in the Bible. Uh, you had Herod the Great, Herod the Tetrarch, Herod Antipas, and so forth and so on. Different Herods, but they all had the same spirit. Herod the Great, death assignment to kill all the uh, male two years and under. The other Herod killed John the Baptist. Now, he didn't want to do it, but because he would not lose face, he had John the Baptist's head to be decapitated. This, this Herod here, has killed James, decapitated his head. Now he's after the head of Peter. It was just like according to the law of the Medes, once said, unchangeable. But this, this death sentence and death assignment was neutralized by praying in tongues. Can you say amen? So what am I trying to tell you? You can neutralize, you can uh, deter, you can stop any death assignment that's coming against you by developing this benefit and power of praying in tongues. Can you say amen? Can you say thank you, Lord Jesus? That was number nine, right? Number ten. Number 10. Are you ready? I'm going to close with number 10 today. I'm going to close with num number 10. Well, I'll give you two more. 11. All right. Number 10. Tongues <laughs> has this return to sender policy. Tongues have this return to sender policy. Remember, the angel was now waiting and bidding for the right time for Herod. And at this at the set appointed day, look in your Bible, please. Acts 12, thank you, Jesus. Verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout and said, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not glory to God. And he was eaten with worms. Now, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. The worms were supposed to be eating the body of Peter, right? It was supposed to be eating the body of Peter. But the worms that was assigned to eat the body of Peter through the church, praying in tongues, Praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, when it came, it had a return to sender policy. Amen. Address unknown, no such number, no such zone. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Some of you are completely oblivious to what I just said here. That's a song. Okay, that's a lyric from, uh, lyrics from a song. All right, return to sender, no such number, no such zone. Hallelujah. So when you're praying in tongues, come on, lift up your hands and say with me, number 10, when I'm praying in tongues, glory to God, it has a what? Return to sender policy. So when the enemy comes with his death assignment, he came with me 
with COVID pneumonia, coma, death assignment. Are you listening? But we also had a message for him. That's all I did. In, that's all I did when I was conscious. All I did was praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know a bunch of you prayed in tongues for me. So the worms that were supposed to be eating my body today did not eat my body. Return to sender. Can you say amen? That was number 10. Number 11. Write this down, please. And that's one of my favorite reasons why I pray in tongues all the time. Tongues, ladies and gentlemen, is drawing answers, drawing out answers from the bucket of your spirit to life's complicated issues. When you don't know what to do, you know what to do. You pray in tongues, it gives you the direction because tongues becomes your GPS. Write this down, please. Tongues becomes your what? Your GPS to direct you out of the maze that you find yourself in. Can you say amen? I don't know how many times I've prayed in tongues and got a direction to get out of the bind that I found myself in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org.